Okay, uh, we are here with professional wrestler Kenny Jones, uh, and you're all over the indie circuit these days, and you're working constantly, yeah? Yeah, as much as I possibly can. Uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for taking the time. I know you said you're booked every every weekend for at least the next several months. So. Uh, right now, I'm solid from now until like July 1st, but I'm sure that July will fill it by the end of the by you know the middle of June. So that's about the next six, seven weeks mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And so is it is it hard to book up? Um, I, I get lucky because I've got, right now I'm traveling with a tag team called the Hooligans, uh, Devin and Mason Cutter. Those guys work everywhere. And where, um, where are you guys work? So uh, we're, we're in Kansas City. Yeah. Okay. And is that where you got started? Uh, I actually got started in Kansas. Okay. Um, I'm originally from Lincoln, Nebraska. And in it's 09. a fun town. Yeah. Nice yeah. college. To, like, fun. Yeah. I... Yes, uh, <laughs> I've had fun uh, in Lincoln. I, I've, I've had lots of fun. That's actually I was I was born outside of Lincoln in York, but I I grew up in Lincoln. They have a nice um, record store there. They have lots of nice record stores in mm-hmm. Lincoln. Lots Probably grown since I've been there. Yeah. Honestly. Um, when was the last time you were there? Oh God, it's probably been ten years. Oh, you yeah, you missed a whole lot in the last ten years. Really? Out there. Yeah, just keeps like, getting better. The music scene out there is just exploding. Like in the last ten years, the music scene out there has exploded. Okay. Like it's overtaking Omaha like furiously because Omaha used to be the place to go for music out and you know out in that area because you know like Saddle Creek and all the fun music bars they had out there. But now Lincoln's just like f you Omaha, we're the music town now. Um, yeah, there. And then uh, in two thousand nine, I kind of just was like. And I just kind of gave up on Lincoln. There's some personal issues. and Living I mean, there now, did you start wrestling or training in Lincoln, or was it until uh, you left? Yeah. Can... Actually, the story that I have, and oh, we'll get Okay. We'll start with this. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time is D'Lo Brown. Okay. And I don't know why, but I was just, I, as a kid, you know, in the Attitude Era, like, I always loved watching D'Lo Brown. He was there fun. Was, yeah. He, yeah. Like his one of my favorite matches, and people give me crap, was him and Val Venus at SummerSlam '98. They opened that up in like a 20 minute match for the IC title. And that was back when he was doing the chest plate gimmick. Yeah. And, you know, he was using that chest plate, and they were like, oh, no, he uses it for protection, you know, for his chest. He's like, no, he doesn't need that anymore. He's just using it to cheat with that frog splash. <laughs> Which, hey, man, like, if I could steal that gimmick, I would. Just walk around with a metal chest plate and hit people with frog splash all the time. And Val Venus, uh, man. Oh, Val okay. Venus was another What a character guy. that oh, was. That, oh, Hello, that lady. Oh, dude, that guy. <laughs> I was always, have you seen pictures of Val Venus now? Big, <laughs> kind of. Last picture I saw, he was pretty flabby. Did he let it go? I think he let it go. Uh, like, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, he was. He's like one of the top five guys I've always wanted to meet. Like, you know, guys that uh, you know, vets that still work the indies now. Like, my top five guys that I want to have a match with before they retire, if I ever, you know, am able to. It's like Val Venus and Steven Richards are like my top two guys that I've always wanted to wrestle on an indie show. Like, since I got started, because it's. It, Steven Richards, when he was running with Victoria, like why he didn't get pushed harder during that gimmick when he was doing the crazy shit with yeah. Well, excuse my leg. I don't know if I can. You can oh, okay, all right. We got the E on iTunes. Oh, we got the E. We got the, for sh- elephant? the show has the E. Uh, oh, yeah. sweet. Uh, <laughs> but no, when he was doing that, this bad show shit. has elephant lyrics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, and like he was doing that. that batshit crazy gimmick with victoria in like oh two and oh three like i loved it and there was just something like every time like i could just be sitting there like not even caring about what was going on at the time on raw or smackdown but once victoria's music hit i'm like or you know the stephen richards because i believe at that time it was the i'll show you 
you'll see. And then his music, like I just would sit straight up. I'm like, yes, Stephen Richards. And he'd go out, and then he'd tear the house down. And it's like, why aren't you pushing this guy? Like, he's one of your most valuable assets. But that happens and, all the time. Right. I mean, that's always been like, why is this guy not g- going further? Why are you not right. pushing him? Like, at least put the IC title on him and give him a good mid-card run. Like, I even liked him in Right to Censor. Like, I know a lot of people hated that gimmick, but I loved it. It was just another... That was a fun... It was different. It's like you you look back at it now and it makes me laugh. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, and it's uh, Stephen Richards was a guy that showed he could do anything. You'd give him something and he'd run with it. And so is he somebody that you like? I know you say you want to wrestle him, but is that somebody that like who was one of your inspirations while learning how and getting into the business? Not necessarily. Like for me, my inspiration was Spike Dudley. Okay. Because, you know, granted, yeah, I'm six foot five, I weigh 165 pounds, but Spike Dudley was, you know, so I'm not the biggest guy and I'm constantly getting put in the ring with guys like three times my size and and getting my ass kicked. But Spike Dudley was, you know, he was a small guy, but he'd go out there and he'd whoop your ass right back no matter how big you were. And so watching that, um, you know, seeing him just take nasty bumps, but then getting right back up and going at it, you know, seeing that, you know, he was physically hurt, but he'd keep going. Um, and so when I, when I started, you know, training, uh, that was somebody that I always aspired to be like. I wanted just to be because that tough as nails. No matter, how, he, no, despite his how skinny he was and scrappy, he was. Yeah, he would just put it all on the line. Right, and go one hundred and ten percent. Right, exactly. I remember, like at first when they, when I was like, they're gonna put him in a match because I didn't. I was introduced to him. I was younger. I was introduced to him in the WWE environment. Right. So when he first, I was like, they're gonna put this tiny little thing in a match. And then it went, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, he would get the crowd like no other. Right, and he, when one of my favorite, when He the, was the original Daniel Bryan. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. You're, you're exactly right. Like, in uh, 2001, they were when they were doing King Heel Stone Cold, that's what I refer to it. Like, one of my favorite Stone Cold characters of all time yeah. was King Heel Stone Cold. And they did that short little angle with Molly and Spike and Austin. And Austin was running around calling Molly Holly a bimbo, and Spike was getting really pissed off. And then it culminated with Austin and Spike having a match on SmackDown. Oh, my God. Oh. You have an amazing memory here. Oh, <laughs> I have a three terabyte external hard drive with 40 years worth of wrestling on it. I, I had one of those, and then they had the network, and I'm like, I need some space. I got to put some information <laughs> on here. This is on the net, But now it's not all on the network Right, yet. right. And that's why I, I don't necessarily, like, I had network for a while, and then I was like, eh, I have my hard drive. I don't need to pay 10 month, bucks a month for the network, just, you know, but then, you know, I'm also a internet thief, and if I want a pay-per-view, I'll just go steal it. Well, that's a real thing, though. I mean, right. I, I think the um, there's two things I actually want to touch on here. The first, since you since you brought that up, uh, because of the network, I really think a lot of people have stopped. I would think a lot of people would stop downloading because you're getting, for 10 bucks. I mean, $50 is a lot of money, especially when it's not even a right. WrestleMania. Right. But for $10, I they, mean, that's, yeah, I, okay. That's, yeah, and I, I, think that's, I think that's true, too, because I'm a... Um, I belong to a couple of uh, members only, like pro wrestling torrent sites. And um, if there's something that I really want, because I don't pay attention a whole lot to the current product. Like, I'll, I'll check out and see what little clips that WWE puts online on Tuesday from like Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Or if, you know, I watch, I do watch NXT though. Like, I, I'll watch NXT all the time just yeah. because it's, 
it's it's this, great it, 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 because it really it's great is. you don't need an excuse for that it's really great the talent they bring in they filter through there mm-hmm. it's really wonderful and the fact that it's like finn balor recently said that he something and long i don't remember the exact quote but i know finn balor just said something along the lines of he's not in any hurry to leave nxt right and i don't understand why you know you know a lot of those guys you know you know they want to get called up the raw and i well, think the a, money is right. for one yeah if, if they made WWE money on NXT, there'd probably be in no hurry at all. You know, and I'm sure that there's a few of those guys on the NXT roster that are making a little more than some of those guys. Sure. Like, you know, maybe like Sami Zayn or Kevin, Kevin Owens, Owens or Finn Balor. You I'm, know. Sh- I'm sure I'm sure Samoa Joe is going to be one of those guys. <sighs> and I'm, I, take, is he going to be at TakeOver on Wednesday? I would hope so. And uh, I've heard, I think this is my prediction because the dirt sheets are saying that Sami Zayn is injured yeah i think that they're going to open the show and they're going to say that he's injured and he can't work and samoa is going to take his and spot samoa is going to take his spot but haven't they came out and said that he is going to work they have which you know they could swerve yeah. you know they could you know pull vince russo swerve um but uh now they could introduce him in that way like maybe like Sami Zayn will just be getting worked hard man and like it's just a repeat of last time and right. he's just so to save that arm here comes to save Sami Zayn right Samoa Joe and then it kind of ends with no and but I you know no ending but a stare down right right and what worries me is that we're gonna have another Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn is that he's that's what's worrying me what so. worries me with that isn't it's it's the perception i'm afraid that the overhead's going to get from some of these b- more athletic younger smaller guys well yeah and it's those guys have to work harder than some of the bigger guys so, they have to work harder and work that more physical type of style and be more physical bumpers like somebody like austin was because austin yeah he was a performer but he was also a wrestler and he was out there and he was very physical and he was a very physical bumper as well out in the ring yeah and that's that's a part of what you know a lot of guys like that get like you know Dolph Ziggler you know he's a physical bumper like that dude takes really physical bumps all the time and he's had a good decent amount of injuries in the past few years I mean he just busted his own face open on Sheamus's fa- head at, did he really at payback yeah oh I, I haven't seen payback uh, yet. It, I mean, he went to headbutt him right towards the end of the match he went to headbutt Seamus, like I guess he thought he was still headbutting Daniel Bryan. Oh right! And so he went and he just busted over. He has like he <sighs> he's like so many stitches, like oh. handful of. But it was you know what I will say this as a fan, it happened right before the the bro kick. Mm-hmm. So like when he got the bro kick from Seamus, it was this big bloody kick to the face. <laughs> it was it was a it was a pretty awesome and it was a pretty awesome finish. Right. Um. It it really helped. I might I might have match. to go check that out. Uh. But uh, you know, and you, and you can for only nine ninety nine, or for free from the comfort of my couch <laughs> and my computer. Oh, man. Um, uh, uh, the the Yes Talk or Trending Topics Network does not condone the piracy <laughs> of any of any form of material. Um, <laughs> uh, I actually did uh, renew my. Um, I actually went ahead and renewed my network subscription today. You did. Okay. I did, and I will tell you why. So to watch this NXT. And Elimination Chamber. Isn't that... The Elimination Chamber card is incredible. And I've always wanted to see them do something different in the Elimination Chamber. And the fact that they're doing a six-man tag. Yeah. uh, Six teams in there. Now, did I hear there's a Divas, too, right? There's Uh, a... Really? Did I not... Maybe I didn't hear that right. I don't know. I don't... They don't want their Divas to be cool. Like, that's... No, they sure don't. And unless they're going to bring Charlotte up for that. Right. You know, um, and here's the thing. Here's something that I I was having a conversation with in the car. Um, 
not last weekend, but the weekend before when I went when we went to Memphis. Um, I was in Memphis and we were traveling back to go stay at a buddy's house after the show in Memphis. Um, Triple H has done such a great job with that product, and I think a lot of it is is the fans want to see that high-paced indie style wrestling now and so triple h is like okay i'm gonna give these people what they want and you know but you you know still have vince on the other end on you know raw and smackdown where it's like no this is still performance art and i want them to do what i want to do and what triple h is letting these guys go out on nxt and just be like all right go make me money <laughs> and they're because they're doing all those live events now where they're they're traveling you know granted they're only running like venues that hold like two to 500 people but they're selling them out and i give it i give it another six no divas, months no divas match i don't know why i thought i heard that but no I was wrong. No, no, no divas match that would, they're not ready for that uh, you can't be who was that no VW? i don't think you'd want three anyways um i think it was ovw did a women's ladder match um back then it was beth phoenix and somebody else in a ladder i think match. tna's done that as well um that's the only time that you know you're gonna see somebody, and that was when Mickey Paul James Hammond. in the cage matches of TNA. Oh. Now she owned that. I mean, it, she that's main event pay per view match right there. Yes, Mickey um, James in a steel. I mean, she was flying off the top of the cage. I mean, there she's doing, and she's selling everything. Uh-huh. She's probably. I mean, and. Until I saw some of the, what they're doing in NXT for a long time, in my opinion, Mickey James was the best female oh, wrestler. Exactly when they when they brought her in and put her straight in with Trish Stratus back in the day, like that was awesome. Yeah, like but the I think she really got to shine in TNA. Yeah, they took oh, any yeah, character gimmick. It was just I'm Mickey James, right? And I can fucking wrestle. A lot of those girls did like uh, look at. Um, what was that? Taryn Terrell used to be Tiffany on uh, ECW when she was the general manager. Um, okay. I think it was Slammiversary 2012 or 13. She wrestled Gail Kim, and I think it was a Falls Count Anywhere or like a Last Man Standing. That match was incredible because Taryn Terrell doesn't look like the type of person that will just go out there and fight you. And she went out there and fought Gail Kim and beat the crap out of Gail Kim. And the finish, because they had that, because I think that, I don't know if they still use it, but it was when they were using the ramp that went straight across and was connected to the ring. Well, the finish of that match, Taryn Terrell hit Gail Kim with an RKO off the ramp. And they went down like six, seven feet to the floor and took a huge bump on the floor. And I'm watching that, like, and it, it was probably one of the best matches of the night on the card. And when I think of because I, I think there was, like, a Hulk Hogan sting match or something. Because that was back when they were still booking Hulk Hogan to wrestle matches on those shows. Okay, so you are you wrestle, and you're, you're all over the indie circuit. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. all over. So as somebody who is full-time in the indie circuit, and I know it's a whole different uh, style of uh-huh. professional wrestling than it is in WWE. So how do you feel about the WWE working full time about the product about that style or like do you enjoy W I know you said you haven't been watching in a lot I I enjoy the fact that they're acknowledging it now wrestling you mean well well, yeah they're they're acknowledging real wrestling um and my because you know back in the day what they do that style they do on Monday Night Raw and Smackdown because back in like you know 70s 80s early 90s with that you know that slow Memphis style and you know like the AWA stuff that was considered considered pro wrestling back in the day you know, my 70-year-old grandpa you know, watched one of my matches one time, and he was all like, 
you're moving too fast and you should have put him in a headlock and hold him down for a little bit he's like that's real wrestling i'll see a figure four leg lock he's like he's like you gotta wrestle like rick flair and i'm like you're right yeah and so to him that's pro wrestling but it's evolved so much since then so that so is the mentality of the fan right um is and for wwe uh, i actually I just talked about this, uh, or will have just talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, is like I really th- it started with CM Punk, mm-hmm. uh, and then Daniel Bryan solidified it. Right. Like, it, and I really think that's what intro. Like, and they call it the reality era, but it's the wrestling mm-hmm. era. Now. Right. And it's, it's the fans created it. Right. And it's because that's that's like the the style that like you know like we're talking about like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn you know going out there. To me, that's wrestling. Like, sure. Those guys are out there busting their ass and like but, having these. But those are the two guys that I think opened those doors in WWE. It was CM mm-hmm. Punk's yeah. mouth yeah. and Daniel Bryan's in-ring ability. Yes, very, very much so. And th- and neither one of them are there anymore. No. On very short. Right. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, uh, let's uh, well let's let's jump back here a little bit. Sure. Um, we'll finish my my little origin story here. Um, I listened to a shoot interview with uh, D'Lo Brown. Okay. Uh, about how he got started in the now. Business. When is it? This is before you. No, this was actually uh, a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, this was after I'd got started. I got started. We'll we'll let this one. A few people know this. I never went to wrestling school. Um, I met this guy in 2009. Uh, he had done some indie training or whatever, and he had went and bought a ring. And so he worked with a friend of mine and buddy of mine, you know, my roommate at the time were both huge wrestling fans. And I'd been wanting to be a wrestler. I'd been wanting to be a wrestler like for a really long time. So I find out, you know, me not knowing any better, I find out this guy's got a ring in his backyard. I'm like, sweet. So I show up and it's just like him and a bunch of like these scraggly little kids. And it's like, you it know, was backyard wrestling. Right. It yeah. was, it was like legit backyard wrestling. But, you know, we weren't killing each other, like lighting each other on fire, jumping like, off the house. Right. Or well, that happened a couple <laughs> times. But this guy, like, legitimately knew how to teach you how to take a bump. He legitimately knew how to, like, run the ropes, give hip tosses, stuff like that. Like, he knew a few of the basics. So it's like, you know, I did a bunch of stuff. And then uh, he caught the attention. Like, there were a couple of indie guys that, uh, this there was one kid that was with us that would go to like training seminars for like I think Pro Wrestling Phoenix out in like Council Bluffs, and he knew a couple guys out there while he was doing like these seminars, and he was like, "Well, I've got a guy with a ring in Lincoln." So these kids would drive; these two brothers would drive down um, from Council Bluffs and get in the ring with us and just throw us around a little bit, and then we'd go have these fun backyard matches, and then. Um, couple other guys would come in and you know some indie guys you know work out in his ring and you know teach us a little here and there and then to that jump 2009 well, end of 2009 i moved to salina kansas um i meet this guy named jiggy jaguar i coasted his radio show with him for a while um he's a weird dude but one of my better friends <laughs> he uh tells me this would be because I would still go back to Nebraska off and on and go wrestle in this guy's ring and go have fun, whatever. I mean, I even bought gear and was, like, wrestling. You know, I had wrestling gear and, you know, thinking I was hot shit and I knew everything. <laughs> and uh, so I end up going out to Well, I hear about this place called Kansas Championship Wrestling. Uh, they run out of Wichita. And my buddy Jig was telling me, oh, you got to go. I know the booker. I know guys that wrestle there. You got to go check these guys out. So I get a hold of the of the the booker, and he was like, "Well, if you want to come in before the show, you can work with one of my vets, um, guy by the name of Lenny Thompson. He works as Lunatic Lenny. Um, he's been wrestling for like, I think like twenty five years, some odd like that. One of the nicest 
guys you'll ever meet. Like he's very, very serious about this business. You know, takes his business very seriously. He's one of those old school vets. Um, I think he started in like 1990. Um, so I show up, and you know, a lot of the guys. A lot of the indie guys, you know, told me, taught me all the etiquette. They were like, okay, when you get there, you know, shake hands like this and, you know, introduce yourself by your first name and last name and make sure you wipe your feet on the apron and yada, yada, yada. And, and if you do end up on the show when you're in the locker room, make sure you shake everybody's hands, yada, yada, yada. So this guy ends up for four and a half hours straight running me through the ringer, fucking making me bump my ass off. And then I find out I know nothing. I knew nothing. I didn't know how to take an arm. I didn't know how to put someone in a hammer lock. I didn't know how to do a top wrist lock. But I did know how to take a bump, and I did know how to run the ropes. So this dude just pounds all this into me for like four hours straight. And this other guy named uh, Killer Carl, I think his ring name was Killer Carl Killer Carl Kruger. It was all K's. <laughs> and, oh, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> really? That's right, what they, really. that was his... Yeah, that was, I don't know if the KKK actually, like, like the initials had anything to do with it, but he just went out there, and he was a old school, like, worked real stiff, and, you know, went uh, out there and liked to fight and just punch people in the face. Cool uh, dude, though. Yeah. So, we go, and we eat lunch, and we show up, and he's like, you want to get back in the ring for a while? I'm like, yes, please. So, I get back in the ring, and Carl jumps in, and Lenny rolls out. And I'm like, what is going on? Carl grabs me and goes to shoot me off the ropes and just whispers, drop kick. And I'm like, what? So I run in and he drop kicks me and I'm not ready for it. He blasts me right in the face. I take the bump and I roll up and he grabs me and he starts just wailing on me and just throws me off. And he goes, hit me with a sunset flip. And I'm thinking, sunset flip. I've seen this on TV a whole bunch of times. So I jump over him. I hit the sunset flip. And he's like, you ever done that before? I'm like, no. He's like, it was good. So he like, and then I realize, oh shit, we're having a match right now. And I realized that that's what was happening. And so he's throwing. Like you didn't even know. No. You were in a. No. Oh I didn't my even God. know that. I was in a training match and I didn't even know what was going on. Oh, my God. Right. And so I'm getting just thrown all over the place. And he, at one point, he ties my legs. Like he pulls me out and just starts slamming my leg. And we had a guy in there repping. Because next thing I know, there's somebody in there repping. And he's like oh my slamming God. my leg up against the ring post. And then he ties my. <laughs> yeah. You like, know, was he really slamming it? Well, little stiffer than little than, stiffer but than, you know he's he's in the old school way where you beat the crap out of the green kid sure it's sure. you know yeah toughen him up right which is i don't know if you followed the whole stuff that went on with bill demont a little bit a little which bit. is why yeah. i think mm-hmm. that the the newer generation of people getting trained are a little softer because you know that's how bill demont you know bill demont was old school now granted i don't think that you should yell racial slurs at people if that really happened but that's how those guys were back in the day from what I've seen because when I work Kansas, I'm in locker rooms with guys who have been in this business anywhere from 10 to 25 years. So they're the old school guys that believe, you know, I got my ass beat for six months while I was training. That's what you need to go through because it toughens you up and we'll see if you can handle this business because it's, you know, it, it is you have to be, you know, you have to have a certain, um, that's what I'm looking for, you have to have a certain certain level of not only physical toughness but mental toughness too because they you know there there have been times where i'm like man why am i doing this like, i'm so beat up i'm tired of getting beat up like this sucks but you know people look better if you stick through it and you you, you can push it out um so this guy ends up tying my legs to the ring post and picks up um, a chair and it wasn't a folding chair it was just one of those curved body the chairs plastic, yeah and- 
curved chair, mm-hmm. and then starts swinging it at my legs. Oh my god! Yeah, just, just full on swinging it at my legs. I win that. I won that practice match by count out because he was out there swinging the chair on my legs, and I win by count out. Oh my god! Yeah, and I'm like woohoo, and like I'm <laughs> limping away, and so I go and I get dressed, and uh, all of a sudden Lenny um, comes <laughs> running up to me along with the Booker a guy by the name of Dan Adams. He works as the wrestling machine Danimal. Um, he's been working just as long with Lenny. I think him and Lenny actually started together. Um, if it wouldn't, I will say this right now. If it weren't for Lunatic Lenny and Dan Adams, uh, I would be nowhere right now. I have to, I, every time I see Lenny and I, you know, and I don't think I tell Lenny this enough and I'll see him in a couple of weeks, but, uh, him and Dan, like if it weren't for them, I, I'd be nowhere right now because I think they saw through my bullshit. I think they saw that like, you know, you know, well, yeah, they they probably saw it right away that oh, this kid is full of shit. He doesn't know what he's doing. But uh, they come running up to me. It was almost so showtime. That, that was your your training practice. Is you that, had, yeah, you had some elder guy, like well trained guy who just took you and beat the crap out beat of you, the, threw you in the ma- in the ring, right? And, and just said this beat is the piss out of me. So you yeah. learned on the fly. I I and I, I did because I've never I never went through formal training like people have. Like I, so you you I've never learned. you never gave like a two hundred. Hip hip tosses before you nope. had a mat. You're just like this. Nope. Is yeah. Interesting. And every time I learned something, because I was still going out to that place in Nebraska on a regular basis, and every time, because then there were actually a couple kids out in Nebraska that actually went and were going to training seminars and they were learning too. Um, and I would go out there and be like, Hey, okay, this is what I learned, and I need to practice the fuck out of this. So this is what we're gonna do. And I would take what I had learned the weekend prior, and I'd be, you know taking hip tosses from the other kid that was learning well became you know hip toss me like fucking 100 times boom boom, okay boom. Yeah, so you'd, yeah you would have your own training classes well you it, it wasn't people. necessarily like a training class i'd just grab the other kid who knew what he was kind of knew what he was doing too and be like hey i want to practice this so i can get better at yeah. it yeah you know do this to me like 100 times and and then i'll do it to you and and then you know we'd do it and other people would watch us and and be like hey how do you do that and i'm all like oh okay here this is how you do this you know um <laughs> and so anyways uh dan and lenny come running up to me and they're like do you have gear and i'm like yeah because that was another thing they told me and they're like i know you don't think you're probably not gonna get booked on this show but have your gear with you just in case number one rule of a wrestler i actually right now have wrestling gear in my car i never go anywhere without wrestling well that's gear good because i was actually gonna see if you could step in for this match here <laughs> <laughs> um I'm going to have you fight the Spanish announce table. Sweet. Let's do it. <laughs> Over um. in the studio. I. <laughs> um, so they come around to me. I'm like, yeah, why? They're like, okay, cool. Go grab your gear and then meet me back here. So I go grab my gear and they grab me and they're like, okay, um, do you want to wrestle tonight? And I'm all like, uh, okay. And because they're, you know, we're in some little auditorium out in Wellington, Kansas, outside of like Wichita. And I look out and doors are filing. There's probably already 150 people inside of this building. And I'm like, what the hell? Wow. I'm just like, what's going on? So they grab me. This guy, uh, his name's Jesse Price. He wrestles as Big Dog. He um, actually just wrestled here in town for that, the newer promotion, KCXW, that just ran last weekend. Um, he wrestled for them and he does, uh, he runs, I'm pretty sure he, there's another promotion that just started running shows out in like the Holton area um, called Great Great Plains Wrestling. So um, there's I, a lot of smaller promotions here, even yes. just around Kansas. Right. For the state. Um, so, yeah, and like Jesse just started up Great Plains and they just had their first show like a month ago. Um, 
And uh, so they throw me in the ring with Jesse. Now, Jesse hadn't wrestled in six months. Um, Jesse is your average stereotypical pro wrestler looking guy. He looks like John Cena. He's, you know, six foot one, you know, 200 some odd pounds, ripped, just jacked guy. And they go, okay, Jesse hasn't wrestled in six months. He's one of our top baby faces. He blew out his knee. This is his first match in six months. Um, we want to give him something easy, quick five minute match. You're working heel. And which, you know, being in the business for, you know, like four years now, I learned that that, you know, you're, when you first start wrestling, you're never going to work heel because heel leads the match. And, you know, it, somebody really experienced, you know, needs to be able to lead that match. But if you're really experienced, you can be a baby face and lead a match. Um, if you know, you know what you're doing. Um, but, uh, so they throw me in there with Jesse and that match is my very first match ever is actually on YouTube. Really? I was the drizzling shits, <laughs> but Jesse made me look like a million fucking dollars. So what's the title of that? Um, video. It's, so. it's MKS versus big dog. Because okay. I was running as the magnificent Chris Stevens at the time, because that was my <laughs> backyard wrestling name, and that name comes from a character I created on a video game. Oh, funny. Um, yeah. Um. You know, and I'm, I'm I'm still not the greatest, and I'm still learning like all the time. You know, I still have a lot of like little things that you know I I have to work on, and um. But so what where where what uh, organizations where like are some of the places that you are working working more often uh, more consistent. Um, Midwest Impact, okay, I got some of the, I'll name some of the big ones real quick. Uh, Midwest Impact Pro mm -hmm. out in uh, Peoria, Illinois area for uh, my buddy Joey Grunge. When he's another guy. If it hasn't been for him, I wouldn't have done half of the shit that I've done in the last year and a half. That's great um, to have somebody like that. Oh, he's, he, he's gotten a bad rap for like, you know, who he was in the past, but he's not that guy anymore. Like, he'd give you a shirt off his back. The Joey Grunge that I know is nowhere near the Joey Grunge that I hear, you know, stories about from people in Kansas. He's That's not the guy because, he, you know, people change over a 10-year period. Sure. And he he runs really good shows. Um, the last six shows that I've worked for him, he's had standing room only in the building that he runs. That's and great. Probably almost about 300 people packs in these buildings. Um uh, and what's the name of that? Midwest Impact Pro. Okay. Um, uh, they have a website, midwestimpactpro.com, and then they're Midwest Impact Pro on Twitter and Facebook. Um, they actually have a big show, and I'm really disappointed about this one because they have a big show this coming Friday night um, at Bellevue Plaza in Bellevue, Illinois. Um, they're doing a big uh, eight-man uh, eight man tag elimination steel cage match. Oh my god! And I'm wrestling in Memphis that night because uh. Joey really wanted me on that show. He's like, "Well, I've got all these these names coming in," and I, he's like, I "That's don't know. a good card. You're on a good card there in Memphis, right?" right? Well, I'm I'm not sure um, the but card in Memphis that I'm on. I'm not sure what's going on because the the place that I was going to work at in Memphis Friday night, the hooligans messaged me and said, "Hey, I don't know if you and the other guy are going to be able to get on this show in Memphis, but here's some here's a list for a bunch of other contacts like in the Memphis area." Uh. And then, well, and that's what happened last time I went to Memphis. It was the same place. Like we went there, and I showed up. They're like, "Yeah, I don't know if we, they they can get you on the card." I'm like, "Hey, well, I just drove seven hours." But one of the other guys was like, "That was with us in our in our group." He was like, "Hey," because um, I had actually drove. But you separate. were booked to be there. Originally, I was told I was booked to be there, but the it's the wrestling world world things can change like that 
So um, had they called you prior? Be like, you can no, come out if you want. No. Well, like, yeah, they they had told me, you know, hey, we're trying to make sure you get on this card. Okay. So I show up, and then one of our other guys was like, hey, I know a promoter out in Ripley, which is like an hour away, and another guy that was with me that didn't know if he was going to get booked, kid by the name of Chris Jones. Uh, he was like, yeah, I know not that promoter. the magnificent Chris Stevens. No, no, Don't, no, no, not no, to be no, confused. No, with. no, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> this kid Chris and I call up this promoter in Ripley. And like, hey, uh, we're in Memphis. We need a place to wrestle tonight. Heard you might be looking for some workers. Guy's like, yeah, we're doing a big uh, Relay for Life benefit. Oh. Yeah. So we show up, and it's an actually, it was a festival. There was wow. probably about a 1,000 people running oh around my at this God. festival. And we show up and go to the, where the ring is, and there's probably about 300 people surrounding the ring. Incredible. Right. The guy was like, well, there's no payout because it's a free show. It's a benefit show. And I said, you know what? I'm already here. I don't care. I just want to wrestle. Like, you know, if, 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 you know, I was, was in this Canada, last year. No, this was just a couple of weeks ago. Oh my God. Yeah. This was just a couple of weeks ago. Oh my God. Yeah. So, uh, so we drive from Memphis to Ripley and we work this show and let me tell you something. I get there and we go, okay, well, are Chris and I just going to work each other? He goes, no, you guys are going to work my tag team champions. I'm like, who are your tag team champions? He's like the hooligans. And I'm like, no, the hooligans are in Memphis right now. And he's like, no, no, the different hooligans. So I, Devin messages me. Because you're with, you run with the, the hooligans. I run with the, let, let's get this straight. I run with the real hooligans out of the uh, St. Oh, Louis area. Wow, Devin yeah. and Mason Cutter, they actually, I think they're they're marking 10 years this year. I think okay. this will be like their 10 year. They trained out at WWA 4 out in, uh, I think that school's in Atlanta. Incredible. And uh, then, with so, Mr. Hughes. They they trained with Mr. with Curtis Hughes. So you, Okay, so you're at this festival, right. this random promoter. Right. Right. Working for free, and now you're gonna fight yourself. And well, no, I'm I'm, I'm fighting the I'm fighting the hooligans. <laughs> the hooligans, right? So I meet these guys, and I message Devin. He goes, "Well, did you guys find out what you're doing yet?" And I was like, "Yeah," because you know he likes keeps ta- keep tabs on me, and they still refer to me as their green boy, and they like to beat on me <laughs> and light me on fire, but <laughs> and legitimately, yes, light me on fire. But anyways, uh, <laughs> oh man, um, so we get there, and he goes, "Well, who are you guys working?" And I go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like I'm like funny story. Right. I go, we're working the hooligans. Oh, Next thing no. I know, my phone's ringing, and he goes, "Hey, you know, check this out. I'd never ask you to shoot on anybody ever. That's not what I'm asking. But if you laid your forearms in a little bit, left uh, some marks, and I'm just like, oh no. Actually, I don't know if I should be telling this story, but oh well, I'm already telling it. Uh, he's like, uh, you know, just lay it in a little bit, lay it in a little bit, Chris. You know what to do. Lay in some chops, cause I I can't chop for shit. Yeah, I, I've tried. I'm he's not a, a good chopper. I just I just don't do Can it. Can you do the forward open hand chop? Well, I try, and yeah. then I just always like I'm like, okay, this is gonna be the one. This is gonna be the one that's gonna be awesome, and it's go practice oh, with frisbees uh, i try to practice my chops all the time i'm better at like <laughs> going to the side and doing a big old big show overhand chop yeah, okay because you what you can you're six five man six four six four yeah. you can sell a big overhand yeah, right and i mean i my hands are decent size so we go into this match and i ask these guys and as i'm trying to like talk over this match like just like i don't even want to like plan out the whole thing because here was the thing about this festival the this the wrestling show itself was supposed to go from nine o'clock at night to midnight all right okay okay so i look at his card yeah i look at his card five matches what five matches oh for a three-hour show 
five matches. So that's about, what, 40, 30, 40 minutes each? Right. 40 minutes each? And so I'm like, okay. So I went up to these guys and say, hey, listen, let's just drag this shit out. I'm like, we can 40 go. 40 minutes? Well, no, I told him, let's go at least 20. I said, we'll go old school. Let 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 Chris get a little bit of shine, work a small heat on Chris. And then um, uh, then let me get a, a little bit of shine and then work a big heat on me. Cut the ring off, beat the shit out of me, give me a couple of hot spots where it looks like I'm going to get the tag, but I don't. And then I'll get a big old fucking hot tag. Boom. And Chris will come in and clean house. I was like, one of you guys will be sized up in the corner. I'll get a blind tag on Chris. I'll run in. I'll hit you with a Yakuza kick in the corner. And then the other guy, Chris will go like, he's going to hit the ropes, go hit the other guy. You're going to low bridge Chris. Chris is going to dump to the outside. The ref's going to go check on Chris. You're going to hit me with the belt. Boom. And the dude I just hit with the Yakuza kick is going to cover me for the, for the dirty win. And you guys are going to retain your belts. I laid out the finish nice and easy for him. I said, this is what I do, you know, and I'm trying to talk to these guys, but one of them is arguing with the promoter over something fucking stupid. So it's like, okay, whatever. Just, well, let's just go out. Cause I asked him like, you got any double team shit you want to do? Oh no, let's just go out there and work. Let's go out there and work. And I'm just like, oh, what the fuck? Okay, cool. So we go out there and they jump us immediately. They immediately jump us in. Tell, they, tell, tell us we were going to jump us. From what I understood, we were going to go out there and we were going to wrestle. Didn't know they were going to jump us. So Chris goes in there and just starts firing on all cylinders, gets him in the corner and just starts shoot chopping him in the corner oh as God. hard as he can. I'm like, no, God oh, damn it, Chris, man. don't do it right away. <laughs> and so he starts chopping. He's Chris, <laughs> Yeah, because there was a bigger one. There was a really big one and like a medium size one. And so, you know, and the real hooligans, Devin and Mason, they're about five foot seven a piece and weigh about 230, 240 pounds. Wow. Like they're big boys. Wow. And right. they I've. I've wrestled them before, and they're intense. Like they are very much so intense. Um, but the the hooligans that I wrestled in Tennessee were not. So they go in and they immediately start burying Chris. Won't give him nothing. Won't give him nothing. Won't give him nothing. And I'm standing there just screaming, "Hey, slow down, guys! Slow down!" Like these guys are just—they're not going. They're not slowing down. They're all over the place. And so finally, Chris gets a tag to me because they were burying Chris and they were just stiffing the piss out of him. Jesus. I got in there with the big one. Now, mind you, this guy is pretty big. He's maybe an inch and a half shorter than I am, but he was big old solid thick boy. I'm not, he probably have a spot of muscle on him. But, but just a big ass. I grabbed him and shoved him in the corner and just started forearming him as hard as I could in the corner and just saying, you need to slow the fuck down. Fucking slow down. Let me get some shit in and stop trying to bury us. He slowed the fuck down. Let you me told get him that shit. while you're yeah. hitting him with forearms. Yeah, and while I'm hitting him with forearms, I'm like right in his face. Like, like hard just forearms. As hard as I could. And, you know, well, plus I was kind of asked to in the first place. Sure. So, um, I just hope these guys don't listen to this. Uh, but anyways. Uh, uh, <laughs> Hopefully they don't have ears. I'll, I'll never, I'll just avoid going to Ripley All Pro Wrestling ever again. I'm going to have to tag them on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if those guys are on Twitter. But the real hooligans are on Twitter. At the Bearded Bullies. Um, but, uh. So this goes on, and then, like, I get another couple, like, stiff shots in this guy. But I spread it out. I wasn't like Chris. I didn't go in there, like, just straight gunning for these guys. Like, I spread sure. it out. Like, I did those forearms. I, I got him down. I One of my signature moves is I do a seated ab stretch. Um, I get the guy down on his ass. I hook his leg. With, I hook his arm with my leg, and then I pull in the ab stretch. I stretch him back a little bit. I'll lay in some headbutts. I like the third big headbutt. I'll roll out, hit the ropes, hit a big seated clothesline. Boom. Well, 
I gave him the snapmare. And after I gave him the snapmare, I just walked, ran up and soccer kicked him as hard as I could in the back. Just as hard as I could. Did the ab, did the ab stretch gimmick. Um, I did the ab stretch gimmick, got up, did the clothesline. I picked him up and I put him in a cravat and just started driving. Like I told him, I said, hey, turn your head into my chest. And he's like, okay. So he turns his head into my chest and I just start driving my knee into the side of his temple as hard oh, as I shit. could. Like full on knee. Like I had knee pads on, but I was just as hard as I could. Boom, boom, boom. So we'll span. Chris Beck gets back in there. I get the hot tag. I finally get the hot tag on Chris after they work this big heat on me. Now, like I said, the big guy had been being a dick to Chris the entire match. Chris goes to run in. We get the hot tag. Big guy gets tagged in. I get Chris tagged in. Chris runs over to start, you know, bumping the shit out of this guy as, you know, a fucking hot tag works. You get the hot tag. The baby face comes in and cleans house. That's not how it happens. <laughs> Chris runs in to give this guy a back elbow and he tried to duck. What? He tried to duck it. And took the actual elbow, probably. He No, he claimed that he slipped. Uh-huh. I have video footage. I tape every single one of my matches. Really? I've taped every single match I've ever had. So you actually, you watch your tapes, you learn, I, you're always I, trying to better I yourself. Watch, That's yeah, great. all the time. That's and great. So he goes, he goes to duck Chris's back elbow. Chris ducks with him and just forearms him in the mouth as hard oh as he can. Oh, my God. Just straight, Boom. Then the big guy shoots on Chris, oh, no. takes him straight to the ground, and tries roughing him up. And that's when I'm like hardcore there, uh, just up. hardcore, like, like hooks or? him, hooks him around the neck, puts him in a like a front face lock, and takes him down, and just hooks him, and hits him with a couple of shots. And I just hear those two yelling at each other, and I'm standing looking at the ref, and I go. Let's go the fuck home. Let's go the fuck home. <laughs> so as quick as I could, uh, dude, I literally like I'm just like take it home, take it home, like. I was done. I was done. I'm like, I drove seven hours for this shit. Like, I'm done. And you're not even getting paid. I'm not even getting paid. It was a benefit show, which uh, is why I did it. Because it was, you know, I support Relay for Life. You know, I have sure. friends and family. You, know, that, you, you know, were relaying for your life. Right. <laughs> like, they were cool with me. They didn't shit to me. For some reason, they just wanted to fuck up Chris. And yeah. I'm all like, oh, God damn it. So finally, I get the tag in and... So the big double down spot between me and the other guy was he was supposed to turn around. I have another combo where guy goes through a clothesline. I duck. He turns around. He takes a back kick, a knee lift, and a big forearm. If you're a big guy, you stumble back and wait for something else. Or if you're a little guy, you bump the forearm. So this guy stumbles back, and then he was supposed to run into me forward, take a big old rock-style spine buster, boom, and then we have the double down. Well, this motherfucker runs into my right side instead of running into me. I hook him around the waist with my right arm and almost like awkwardly rock bottom him. Or like, you know, uh, I don't know if you've seen enough Samoa Joe matches where he's in the corner and the guy runs in the corner and Joe just hooks him with his arm and swings him out and bumps yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, that's essentially what I did, but in the middle of the ring, even though the guy was supposed to take a spine buster. Oh. I said, spine buster. No. Not what happened. God, these guys are horrible. They were very much so horrible. And I'm not the greatest. And you know what? And you know what? And I will say this right now. I'm not the best either. 
I mean, sure. but I, I'm, I'm try as hard as but I can. But you were trying to work in, right. in unity right. for the match. I was trying to clean this up the best that I could. Do you think they were out there like, let's teach these rookies, let's, let's roughen them up? I just think that they didn't give a shit at this point, right? Okay, so finally we fucking take it home. We get to the finish. The guy hits me with the belt. The ref sees him hit me with the belt. I told the ref what was going to happen. The ref blatantly watches him hit me with the belt. And I'm all like... I don't give a shit. Just count the fucking pin. Like I'm laying there. I'm like, just don't, don't fucking worry about a DQ. Just fucking let him hit me and count the damn pin. So they count the pin. I roll out, leave. I grab my camera and we're walking up. Apparently the promoter got a phone call from somebody at ringside and was told what was going on in the ring at this point was like, hey, you've got a clusterfuck mess down here. They're shooting on each other. So the promoter comes up to the four of us and was like, hey, guys, you know, you know, we got to smooth everything out. I'm just like, it was miscommunication. Like, you know, I wanted to be like, these guys are fucking idiots. You should have. I wanted to. I wanted to be like, these guys are fucking idiots. But I didn't. I was the cool level-headed guy that was like, hey, shit just got miscommunicated out there, whatever. And so went along my way. And then I ended up working an eight-man tag at the end of the night that was thrown together last minute. At the same? Uh, at, yeah, at the same place. The same night it was the man ended up being the main event. Oh. And I ended up getting another stiff shot in on the big guy because he shot on Chris. I was going to leave him alone. Well, because it was at the, when Chris went for the hot tag. And the guy ducked, and so Chris ended up like sitting yeah, forearm him. Yeah, so he was him, still fuck this guy. Right, I was still yeah, and I and finally there's a big brawl at the end of the match, and big man's in the corner, oh, shit. and I see him in the corner. He looks at me, and he gives me the he gives me the eyes, and puts a hand up like, okay, come get me. I just charged as hard as I could from one corner to the other, got midair like I was gonna do a sting, stinger splash, but brought up my forearm and just clubbed him. Ugh. That was the receipt for him shooting on my partner earlier in the match. <laughs> and then I did it again. And then I did it to his partner because I, w- I was feeding out to the corner. And his partner was in another corner. And one of the other guys on my team is like, hey, big man, why don't you get this guy? Feeds him out into the, you know, just kind of like Irish whips him into the middle of the ring. And I'm waiting for him. And I just do a full spin roaring Chris Hero style roaring elbow and just bash his kid in the side of the head. And then I just left the ring and went back up to the locker room. And I actually worked that eight-man tag in my jeans and no shirt really? and no shoes because I had already changed out. Oh. I was ready to get in the car and go home. How long does it like, take to put on boots and stuff? Well, I, I normally um, – right now, I've, a lot of time, I'll wear, like, uh, wrestling shoes and okay. kick pads. So that takes me, you know, pretty quickly to get yeah. on. But I really didn't want to, like, change out again. So I went oh, down wow. barefoot in jeans. Hilarious. Because I told the promoter I wasn't changing again. <laughs> I flat out told him, no, I'm not changing again. And so I did. I rolled out, and then we grabbed our shit and left. And then uh, we went back to Metropolis, Illinois. And then that morning I got body slammed on the floor of a Hardee's. For a, for a free food. Mm-hmm. That's what. For free food. Yeah. Uh, we'll We'll run through that one real quick. There's about six of us in Hardee's that next morning in Metropolis, Illinois. Um, which, if you've never been to Metropolis, Illinois, right in the middle of Town Square, there's a giant statue of Superman. Um, and there were a lot of what looked like lonely, nerdy virgins taking pictures <laughs> uh, with said Superman statue. Um, <laughs> and not going to lie, like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, but So we're in this Hardee's, and this guy behind the counter is all like, you know, we're all there in like gym shorts and sleeveless shirts and just rough-looking motherfuckers, just motley crew of assholes standing there. And the guy's like, you guys in a band? One of the one of the real hooligans was like, "No, we're uh, pro wrestlers." He's like, "Like suplexes and DDTs wrestlers." He's like, "Yeah." 
oh man, I'll give you free food if you body slam someone right here on the floor. I'm not even a pay, paying attention. Devin runs over and just shoot grabs me and just slams me right there. Just grabs me and slams me as hard as he can on the floor. Uh, and the guy's looking a, down on a Hardy's floor. Oh, on a Hardy's floor, like those concrete not, tiles. Not a Carl's Jr. No, not a Carl's Jr. Hardy's. It was Hardy's. It was hard. It was hard. At Hardy's. Yeah, very hard at Hardy's. <laughs> so. It, I mean, it, it wasn't that bad, but I sold the piss out of it for the guy behind the counter. And he's sure. like, oh, I didn't think that that was real and would really hurt uh, you. And so I'm just uh, like, oh, my back, my back. So I ended up getting free food out of it as well. And then Devin <laughs> and I end up, like, ordering the most expensive things, like, off the menu. Um, now, you as you mentioned also working with the um, with ICP's organization. Oh, uh, yeah. I went out there. I got to go out there with the hooligans um, for the first time. Uh she was about a month ago. That's uh, an, did you wrestle? Uh, what's that? No, I did not oh, that okay. night. Um, I did not. Um, unfortunately, I really wanted to. Um, <laughs> I bet. Uh, but it was a great experience. Um, I got to open be, doors for the future. It, yeah. Um, I'm see the hooligans will take me anywhere I want to go because they know that I am. I will listen and I'm willing to learn. And that's that's what the great thing about the hooligans So you actually are. ride with these guys. Yeah, well, most of the time I, I get to wrestle, but, uh, you know, a place like but, JCW, it's like, hey, if they need an extra body, they'll use you. Okay. Because there's um, a big three-man team called the Viking War Party. That, oh, so a lot of times they yeah, get a third Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's, I always travel with the hooligans and the Viking War Party because the hooligans and the Vikings always travel together. Okay. And those are another three, like, talented guys. There's uh, Alex Rudolph, Frank Wyatt, and uh, Jake Parnell. The, and then they go out and they feud in the ring. Right, yeah, yeah. That's, actually, the, the hooligans and the Vikings feud with each other all the time. Um, that's they, so uh, fun to hear. Like, yeah. that's what's going, you know, like, because that's just the match. Right, yeah, well, it is because they've done, they went out a couple times in the last few months they went out and worked uh, Jersey All Pro which is a big one out there in that area they went all the way to New Jersey and they did two shows in a row it was the Hooligans and Necro Butcher which if anybody's listening and is a huge indie wrestling fan they'll know who Necro Butcher is and if you've ever seen the movie The Wrestler Necro Butcher is in that movie that's who Mickey Rourke wrestles in that death match when they use the big pane of glass and the the bug spray and the stapler and um, it was a uh, six man you know no disqualification street fight match. It was the hooligans against the uh, hooligans and Necro Butcher against the Vikings, and they did that twice out in Jersey. Jersey. They did it the first time at the Jersey All Pro 18th anniversary show that had Team Angle on it, like Kurt Angle, Shelton Benjamin, and Charlie Haas. It had them and Samoa Joe was on that show. Like all these names and the hooligans and the Vikings got to go wrestle on this giant show with all these awesome names. And I think Crime Time was on there, Incredible. and then their match impressed so well that I'm pretty sure that they got to come back like a month and a half later and do the same match and so these guys these guys are all over the place more so than i am but i'm all over the place because of these guys like they'll hit me up and be like hey i have these dates can you make these dates and he's like no okay let me because i have a two-year-old as well so i've also got to you know find time you know to make sure that i'm there for my son and Absolutely. you know be dad and uh, so like this weekend I'm doing a couple shows in Memphis. Uh, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Against the hooligans. <laughs> no, well, I'll be, I'll be with the real hooligans, but, uh, I won't be, uh, they're, they're both in Memphis. I think one of them, how do we book the hooligans against the hooligans? Well, they've been trying Who has for like been? The, the hooligans, the, the real, real hooligans? hooligans have been trying to wrestle the fake hooligans for a really long time. Okay, now. I don't think we need to call 
the real hooligans, the real. I think we should just call the other ones the, the other, the, the, the other, other hooligans. hooligans? The, yeah, the, I can't even remember their names. I don't the, remember the their other names. Gans, the right. other guns, right? And then actually in that eight-man tag match, I did see them do some double team stuff, and they actually like ripped off the hooligans. The other uh, hooligans are the, like ripping off their. Yeah. Oh, that's so terrible. Right. Like okay, so the the hooligans, Devin and Mason, have some of the most fun and greatest tag team stuff I've seen in a while. They do a thing that's called a rush. They put the guy in the corner. Devin hits you with a corner. Okay, it, it literally all comes at once. That's why they call it the rush. Devin hits a corner clothesline. Mason comes flying in with a with a Yakuza kick, but he doesn't just lift up his foot. He gets jumps in midair and kicks you in the face. He's fully off the ground. He hits after you take the kick. You drop to your ass. Devin runs in and slams his butt into your face, and then Mason comes right up behind him after that with a big cannonball senton in the corner. Oh, wow. I The first time we wrestled them, I looked at them because my tag team partner is about the same size as they are. Uh, my buddy BFD, um, which is short for the beer fucking drinker, <laughs> um, which he gets a lot of crap for that gimmick until he gets in the ring and wrestles. And they're like, oh, holy shit. You know, Great. he's another, you know, he's literally the same size as the hooligans and he's the same way. He can move fast. He can work. He's a good guy. He's just lazy. <laughs> but uh, so. They've got that, and they, they've got one where Devin will put you on his back where you wrap your legs around his waist, and then he holds you in like a stone-cold stunner position, like a backpack stunner, and then Mason jumps off the top rope and double stomps your back, and then Mason drops to his ass. Like, just all these cool, like, they do one where Mason puts you up in like a, you know, a tombstone pile driver position. Uh, Devin jumps off, double stomp, and drops to his ass, hits you with the pile driver. Like, they just do some of the coolest stuff. Like, it's amazing. So you you get you've gotten in some pretty hardcore matches, right? I, mean, I know you talked about getting like fire. I seen like some was it with those thumbtacks at least. Some oh images, yeah, or? I did a uh, I did a, a full metal mayhem tag team match. Okay, uh, it was a benefit show out in Illinois. One of my good friends. God, Robbie does that McCain. mean you got fucked up for free again? Yeah, <laughs> but it, it was for it, it, well, I mean, That's it was right. it was for a friend, and, um, yeah. right? Uh, my buddy Robbie McCann broke his collarbone in a match. Okay, and Robbie McCann is very, very close to Joey Grunge. Like they are really close. Robbie wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for Joey, okay. and Robbie's a hell of a wrestler. So he broke his collarbone on one of Joey's shows, and so Joey said. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna do a benefit. Everything I make that night's gonna go to you to help you with your medical bills because this was on one of my shows, and you're one of my really good friends. I want to make sure that you're. Taken and thanks care for of. not suing me. Right. Well, he had a waiver, so he yeah. could. Oh, I guess so. That's, but yeah. yeah, and plus they're really good friends. But sure. and like I said, Joey Grunge will do anything for you. Like I'm sure if that would have happened to me, he would have done the same thing. Sure. And so we do this big benefit show for Robbie, and Joey tells me, "Hey, you're gonna be in the main event. It's gonna be you and Gavin Alexander, and Gavin's." fairly decent sized boy probably weighs about at that time i'd say probably weighed close to 400 pounds and he said against me and napier like okay cool he's like it's gonna be a full metal mayhem match and i'm like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) so just oh shit yeah right i don't know if you response to that i guess i don't know if you've seen the photograph of me choking out joey grunge with the chain and me with a back full of thumbtacks I haven't seen the video. No, have you seen the picture? Oh, yeah. Okay, the picture yeah. of me choking the guy yeah. with the chain of the back full thumbtacks. That was three minutes into the match. Oh, my God. 
Um, they how long had, was that match? Oh, probably about thirty minutes. Oh my god! So <laughs> were they? Do you just wrestle for twenty-seven minutes with thumbtacks in your back? For the most part. Oh. But here's the thing about thumbtacks: you don't feel them going in. You feel them coming out. But you don't feel them going in. What about once you get body slammed? You well, like when, 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 when you take the initial bump on it, like you don't really feel it, but. Like my adrenaline was pumping so hard, like oh, I, I didn't guess. really feel shit. Yeah. Um. And that had come initially. They had they super glued thumbtacks onto the back of cookie sheets. So the match starts. Joey and I go to the outside, and Joey takes me outside and starts, you know, pummeling me, pummeling oh me, God. pummeling me. And next thing I know, I see him pull a cookie sheet out. Like, you know, start hitting me with cookie sheet. Okay. He flips cookie sheet over, and it's full of thumbtacks. Boom! Just cracks me in the back with it like two or three times. Next oh. thing I know, he pulls the cookie sheet away, and there's no thumbtacks oh, left on it. No, but they're all in my back. So oh. that photograph that you see, and then a couple minutes later, I'm choking him out with the chain and just like beating him with it. And Joey and I actually both were bloody down the face within the first five minutes of that. Match. Oh my god! Yeah, but it was fun. Um, I at one point, woo. Uh, yeah, this was the scariest point of that whole match was they laid me on a whole bunch of chairs and they took an entire bag of thumbtacks and dumped them on my chest. And next thing I know, I see Sean, who's about 6'2 and probably weighs about 230 pounds. I see him get on the top rope and I go, the fuck are you doing? What the fuck? Like, I'm literally laying there and you can hear it on the f- video. What are you doing, Sean? Don't jump off the top rope on me. Dude, not cool, not cool. Like, I'm laying here on these chairs, and like I've got, like, a thousand thumbtacks on my chest. Ugh. And I'm freaking out, like, oh, God, oh, God. And then he just jumps off. The, he climbs down off the rope, hits the rope, and just comes in and sentons me. And I'm, like, laying there, like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, I was. I was pissed. I didn't care if they thought that I was a pussy or what. But I, um, I did. I was terrified at that point. I'm just like, oh, oh no. Uh-uh. Ain't going to happen. And then, you know, we did whatever. Um, I had another instance. I was in a match um, with a guy, and uh, well, and we did a spot where he put a – it was a false count anywhere. It was actually in a tournament, and it was a false count anywhere match, and he put a cinder block on my chest. And, you know, I'd seen him do this spot a thousand times. He puts a cinder block on your chest, and he hits a cinder block with a chair. Uh, so he – Put center block on my chest said, just hold on to center block as tight as you can. Like, okay, cool. He swings the chair as hard as he can, but when he swung it down, he let go of it. So the chair hit the cinder block, but at the same time, the chair popped open, and the leg of the chair popped me in the mouth and split my lip clean open, and it almost hit the hole where my lip piercing is. Because I've got, for the audience at home, I have snake bite piercings, one on each side of my lip. You don't wear those in the ring, though. I do. What about the nose? Yeah. Ugh. I've had I've yeah I've had them as long as I've been wrestling, and they've I've never had a problem with them, ever. That's but, good. Well, besides that, you know whatever. That yeah. So, your faith. Right. So <laughs> it popped my lip and it busted me open. So we finished the match and I'm sitting there and I've got this huge gash. And when we're done, I'll pull it up on Facebook and show you the picture. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll throw that on the Twitter page too. Yeah, I'll and yeah. Throw I'll, that to me. We can. Yeah. Um, so I get my lip busted clean open, and it took like seven stitches to close it up. Mm. I wasn't even going to go to the hospital because this happened at like six o'clock at night. I didn't go to the hospital that night until about eleven thirty until after the show oh was my over, God. and that happened here in Kansas City. And uh, <laughs> so I'm sitting there just drinking a beer. I was sitting next to, to BFD, my tag partner, because this was before we started tagging all the time. And I'm sitting there swigging this beer, and this nurse walks up. She goes, "Excuse me, but I'm a nurse at a hospital." you should probably go get that taken care of. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I'm just like not even caring. And like, 
I had uh, my son was probably like four months old at this time, and so he's sitting there with his mom, and I walk in, and I'm just got blood running down my leg. She's like, oh, she just shakes her head at me, like, what happened? And David accidentally let go of the chair and it popped me in the mouth. It, it, it happens. Accidents happen. Like I'm not, you know, like, I'm just, I just start drinking heavily at this point. I'm just like, eh, screw it. Um, I think that was actually one of the worst. Like besides being in matches where I where I ended up with like thumbtacks. Um, I've been in a Lego death match. A Lego death match. Yeah, just... it was a three way Lego death match. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, Is it as hilarious as it sounds? It was probably one of the worst matches I've ever had in my entire life. Just because it involves Legos? Not that it involved or Legos. The pain the, that Legos. The, no, is... and actually, it's not that bad. Sure, it's not as bad as okay. you think. But that was for my I buddy Joey think, Grunge. I yeah. didn't think very yeah. much. The, the match was for Joey, and so I'm sitting there. They it would play... be the cutest pain ever. Nah, it, everything's all spread out, so when you take the bump on the Legos, like everything's like even, so it's it's not that bad. But yeah. here's the kicker: we're getting ready to start the match. It was a three way. My tag partner BFD and one of my really good buddies. <laughs> Kid Riot, he works under a hood, really awesome wrestler. Uh, so next thing I know, I see Kid Riot running over to Joey because Joey was yelling at him because, you know, it was one of Joey's shows. The next thing I know, Kid Riot's coming over, and he gets underneath the ring and pulls out this other bag. I'm like, what is he doing? I'm like, we already have a pile full of Legos in the middle of the ring. He starts throwing fucking Duplo blocks into the ring. You know what I'm talking about? The big, big ones that are, like, this big? Like, the big, like, uh, yeah. yeah. Like the Legos that are like yeah the yeah. giant Legos yeah like the yeah. giant construction Legos that are probably like two inches tall and like an inch and a half <laughs> wide, so he starts throwing those and I go, what the fuck are you doing? And he looks at me and he's shaking his head. He's like, boss's orders, man, boss's orders. And I look over and I look over at Joey and he's just laughing his ass off. He's laughing his ass off as he's throwing these Duplo blocks in the ring. I'm just like, oh Jesus. And then the match turned into a clusterfuck. Like the beginning was okay. I was supposed to bleed. I cut myself too much. Too, I, I, too yeah, much? I juiced myself a little too much. I went straight across my forehead. With a blade. Vein. You took a blade to a Lego fight? Well, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, here, here was the thing. We had a spot where he made this set of brass knuckles out of Legos, and he popped me in the face with it. That's hilarious. And it was supposed, yeah, it was supposed to you know, cut me up. Well, I uh -huh. was rushing too fast because I, I couldn't get the gig out of my Dude, if my you're having tape. a Lego fight, do you really need the blade on that? I, I got yelled at for it afterwards. For blading? I got yelled at for juicing afterwards, I don't, for showing color. I, I, those are like two, it's like, I mean, it's almost like a Scorsese twist. Well, well, it had the word deathmatch in it. A Lego deathmatch. Lego deathmatch. So but I'm it like, also has the word color. Lego in it, Kenny. <laughs> well, and you also have to understand at this point, I'm still green as shit and like, Nobody told you to do that. No, you were no, just like, I'm you know just what? Like, I'm yeah, you know what? I'm going to get some color tonight. I'm, I'm going to fucking... <laughs> I, and so yeah, and I'm just like I'm gonna get some color, and I end up coloring up, and then there's this guy. I'm not gonna name his name. Blading in a Lego <laughs> match. <laughs> well, you should you should have seen the spot where he busted me in the face with those nucks that he made, cause he hit me really hard. You would have thought, yeah, that busted him open. Sure, but the I went too deep and way too. I don't know if you can still see it, but there might be like a pink line across my Your forehead. Your hair cover, maybe. Like. A pink line across my forehead. Up I don't here? Know if you, yeah. Wow. Like, right, it goes all the way across oh, right my forehead. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I went a little too deep and a little too far because I was hurt. I was trying to rush because what happened is he hit me and I powdered out of the ring and then I rolled underneath the ring a little bit, but I couldn't get the damn blade out of my wrist tape. So finally I got it out and there were people yelling, get off, run of the ring, go wrestle. And I just went all oh the way my across God. my forehead and I did a little too hard and 
Nate and BFD both looked at me and they were like, uh, because apparently I just stood up and had a full face. And there's actually a picture on my Facebook of the dried blood all over my face. And Would you have done it again? What's that? Would you have done it again? After I got yelled at, no. I, and unless I'm told to show some color, I ain't going to do it again. Man, I don't think, I think that's a different era. I think it's, oh, right. well, it depends on where you're at, I guess. Well, yeah, you know, because if you And it depends look- on the map. But I mean, man, is that, you don't want that forehead. You see those foreheads. Right. Like Dusty yeah. Rose, you could put like yeah. dimes. Like Good Necro God. Butcher, guy like Necro, Necro Butcher, yeah. his forehead's like that, and his entire body's covered in scars. Yeah. But he's that's what he does, and that's what he's good at. He's good at deathmatch wrestling. And I never, okay, I kind of liked watching deathmatch wrestling. Is that the avenue you want to go down? No. No, that's not no, what uh-uh, you, uh-uh. you, you want to wrestle. Right. I, I've got offered to do deathmatches, but I'm like, nah. I'm like, I'll do thumbtacks and, you know, some steel chairs and, you know, maybe a fork or a cheese grater or something. But I don't do light tubes. I don't do broken glass. I don't do push pins. Like, I don't, you know, I'll do thumbtacks. And, like, like I went to the Prince of the Death, because every year, Ian Rotten, Friday W Mid-South, they do the big King of the Deathmatch tournament every year. Okay. Well, they had, back a couple months ago, I got to go up to IW Mid-South with the Hooligans, and um, they had the Prince of the Deathmatch tournament, and I got to watch it, and it, it was really, I had some friends that were in the tournament. Uh, one of the Vikings was in the tournament, and uh, he wrestled a girl, and it was badass. But, uh, so I'm watching this, and I gained a whole new respect for Deathmatch wrestling. Because most of the guys on this card were actually wrestling, wrestling while they were doing these death matches. Like they were having a wrestling match, but incorporating the light tubes and, you know, whatever weapons that the fans brought. I saw a dude, one match, the finish was the kid was on the ground. The other dude brought a ladder into the ring. He climbed on top of this eight foot ladder. The other kid starts feeding up and the kid on the ground behind him was a table that was wrapped in barbed wire and had like 10 light tubes laying on top of it. The fluorescent light bulb tubes. Dude on top of the ladder jumped off and double stomped him, and they went through the table. It was the most amazing thing I had ever seen (laughs) in my life. And I left that show with such an appreciation for deathmatch wrestlers because those guys went out there and it's a different world it is and i had never really seen deathmatch wrestling up close yeah and they went out and tore the piss out of each other like and like it legitimately like, tearing like, the piss yeah, out of each like other. Yeah. My buddy Alex, the one of the Vikings, he's the, the lead Viking, the American Viking. Uh, we were getting ready to leave because he had rode with us, and he had a big just chunk of skin missing out of his back. He had wrestled twice in the tournament. He wrestled in the corner, in the quarter in the semis, and he was just tore the fuck up. Poor guy. Like He ended up having to drive a good chunk of the rest of the way home, and I felt bad because I kept falling asleep at the wheel you know, on our way back to St. Louis because I dropped them off. We went from uh, – Evan, we went from Clarksville, Indiana, back to St. Louis, and then I had to go back from St. Louis to Kansas City to be at work by 6 a.m. I didn't make it to work because I ended up pulling over and falling asleep in my car for four hours. Uh, but, yeah, I, I gained such an appreciation for deathmatch wrestlers, you know, you know, and Necro Butcher being one of the pioneers in deathmatch wrestling, uh, along with, like, you know, a guy like uh, Corp Robinson and – and I, he's another guy I got to meet that night. You know, their foreheads are all tore up. But those guys go out and they do that because, you know, they want to entertain the fans. And if the fans want to see them get beat the fuck up by light tubes and whatever else, then they're going to give it to them. And I have such an admiration for that. Um, and it's something that drives me, you know, forward. Like, yeah, I'm not going to do that, but I want to find my niche, my thing that I'm good at that 
So you've been doing this about five years. Uh, my four? first emission. We'll we'll say about four because that first match I had was like 2011. Okay. Like end of 2011, but I really like started working in 2012. No, so yeah, oh yeah, about four years. Yeah, and your, but your schedule's picking up. You're you're able to yeah. pick up your own bookings yep, now. Yep, yep, yep. Um, without the hooligans, no. You still like, go like, out with well, them. I still pick up with the hooligans because they get me on a majority of shows, which like is I said, great. Yeah, and they because like I said, they they see my my willingness. They're helping to want get to you learn. booked. Yeah, and so they you know they're helping me make contacts. They've already made helped me make a contact out in uh, Illinois for a place called Strictly Insane Pro Wrestling. It's like dates I got coming up. I've got this weekend. I've got Memphis. Got a bunch of shows in Memphis, um, and then. Next weekend, I've got a show out in Mount Pulaski, Illinois, um, for a place called HHCW. I'm working a tag match out there. It's uh, me and BFD against uh, Joey Grunge and uh, Scott Matthews. And then uh, the weekend after that, which would be the weekend of the 7th, I do believe, I've got June 6th for Strictly Insane Pro Wrestling out in Crossville, Illinois. Okay. And then um, I've got June 7th for Outlaw Wrestling, which is the hooligans promotion that they're starting up. Oh. Um, yeah, and that's out in Centralia, Illinois, which is about four hours from here. Um, they're starting a promotion. That's their first show, and they're bringing me in on for that, and that'll be a really fun show. Um, and I'm doing Crossville for SNPW the night before because it's only an hour away from Centralia, so I won't be very far, and I can do that. Um that's me um and then uh the weekend after that is an exciting weekend for me because i'm doing two shows in kansas i've got one on june 13th for world wrestling express out in larned kansas and then uh that'll be a fun show trevor murdoch's on that show. i saw that yeah he trevor murdoch let me tell you that dude nice as can be yeah like willing to just sit down and talk to you about anything um him and another I'm, another I'm a fan of his work he's he he's very he's, yeah. very solid worker because i do believe he was i think he was a harley race guy i could see that i i, I think he might have been a harley race student i'm not sure but he might have been i think he was hard one of harley races boys but another guy that i've one guy that though in the last like almost two years that i've learned so much from was tracy smothers Tracy Smothers is really good friends with Joey Grunge, and Joey has Tracy on every single one of the shows. So I see Tracy about once or twice a month, and I'm always asking Tracy, hey, you know, will you watch my match tonight? Because he'll always point out I had a lot of problem with strikes. For the longest time, I had a problem with my strikes looking weak. Like it would feel like I was, like, you know, nailing a guy, but they'd look really weak. Um, and so Tracy, you know, he helped me a lot with that. He was another guy who's, like, I've met so many, like, veterans of the business that have been so kind to me. And... Um, so Trevor Murdoch was a nice guy. Um, so I've got that show. And then June 14th was something I wanted to get in here real quick. So I don't know how much time we have left or how much time we've been going. Uh, uh, yeah, we're probably going to wrap. But I mean, I'm sh- I think we could talk for three hours with you and get oh. so But you'll come back, right? Oh, I'll come back you'll anytime come back. you have me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, you have really fun stories. Like, like, I, could, I could talk for I, days. Yeah. Um, I do have one more I want to tell you. June before 14th. We that. So, so June 14th, uh, um, Revolution Wrestling Entertainment. Um. Uh, it's RWE, uh, and this is important to me because it's uh, in Salina, Kansas, where it's a, uh, I essentially consider Salina, Kansas, my hometown because that's where I made some of the best friends I'll have, you know, for life. Um, I was there, I lived there from 2009 until 2012, um, and you know, there wouldn't I wouldn't have my son if it wasn't for Salina, Kansas. You know, I did just a lot of things in that town. And so we got to, I got together with these kids and 
one of them is a manager. He's a manager for World Wrestling Express. Um, and I was originally going to get this ring from this guy, and everything fell through. But we ended up, you know, everything got fixed, and we were able to get another ring. And uh, we got like a sixteen a sixteen foot pony ring. Well, and a pony ring is that it's it's not it's not essentially as tall as a regular wrestling ring. A pony ring is meant for like bar shows. So a pony ring is only like the canvas only comes probably like two and a half feet off the ground. So we got this pony ring, which is usually four. Is that right? I think a normal ring is about four, four, four or five feet off the ground. Um, but anyways, I got this. I got this. We got a hold of this pony ring, and uh, we're going to be putting stuff together. Um, there's another promotion in Salina, Kansas, because I still haven't gotten to do my hometown show. Um, this will be a story for a different day. But there was a guy who ran a show in Salina, Kansas, back in 2012. Promised me he'd put me on the show if I helped him promote it. I gave him every avenue to make sure that they put 200 people in that bar. He fucked me over. He fucked over a lot of people in that town. He drew 50 people because he didn't listen to me. I could easily put 250 to 300 people in a building in Salina, Kansas, just on my name alone and by promoting it myself. Sure. And so we're going to we're gonna start running these shows in Salina. Well, there's this other promotion called XWE. They're all, every single one of them have no training whatsoever. They're all backyarders. They were doing shows on trampolines. Um, they found out what we were doing and got jealous because some of these kids used to run with them and the kids that used to run with them decided, Hey, we want to like learn how to actually wrestle. We don't want to wrestle on trampolines anymore. So these kids went out and bought themselves a full sized 18 foot ring and a fucking entrance way and rented out the bicentennial center in Salina, Kansas. Quite a step up from a trampoline. Right. And so they're running these full blown shows. Wow. Yeah. And and none of these kids are trained and know what they're going to do. So, um, that guy Lenny I was talking about, their show that they did, Lenny and my buddy Derek, who I'm uh, helping do RWE with, uh, he they went up to the XWE show. They wouldn't let Lenny and Derek in. Lenny and Derek paid for their tickets, and the one of the security guards was like, no, we know who you are. You're not allowed in here because you're going to cause trouble at our show. And they're like, but we paid for a friggin' ticket. And so they went and got their money back and Lenny got on Facebook and said, "Yeah, that's a pretty awesome way to do business. Turn away two people who bought tickets." You know? So, um anyways, we've got a handful of guys like I've got in, I've got some really good commentators coming in to do commentary for these shows. Um Romy Lee, I, we talked about comedian. earlier. Yeah, He's the comedian Romy. Yeah. yeah, um I knew through Slime. I've known Romy for about 4 years now. Um really good friend of mine. Uh, he's going to be doing commentary along with the Wasteland Warriors, who happen to be a set of rappers from here in Kansas City, the Tony Franks and Stank Nasty. Tony's actually a wrestler as well, but uh, Tony, Romy, and Stank are going to be my commentators. Um, I brought them in to do that because uh, this is uh, my buddy Derek. He's the one running all this. And then I brought in a whole bunch of actual like indie workers. Uh for him to use and we have a group of kids who actually are going to be training because once the ring gets here this weekend these kids are gonna like they've already learned how to like lock so up we'll see a couple actual debuts uh probably that show uh maybe probably just in about they're doing a we're doing a battle royal um oh, okay they'll, yeah they'll probably just be in a battle royal but the day before that because the guys from wwx know what we're doing because this show is actually taking we we I have some venues set up, but the show's actually going to be taking it a res be taking place at a residence, um, and uh, so but everything's going to be freshly done. There isn't going to be any untrained you know people, so it's not a backyard wrestling show. Granted, it's at a house. That's what we could. That's that's all I We're could get my hands on. We're putting the ring in right the now. front yard. Right, like I don't. This here's is front my, yard wrestling. Right. Here's my thing about 
backyard wrestling. We were doing a bunch of stuff out in Raytown for a while, but we were all trained. We were putting on decent shows. We got a lot of heat from some other people. If you know what you're doing and you want to wrestle, I don't care where you put a ring up at. I don't care where you put it up. You could put it on a boat in the middle of the ocean. You could put it in a backyard. You could put it in a parking lot in the middle of the friggin' Bronx and I'll go wrestle in it out in New York. Like, I don't care where it is. Like, to me, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, there's people that you're like, oh, I won't wrestle anywhere but in a venue and blah, blah, blah. I don't care where the ring is. I, I All I want to do is wrestle. Yeah. That's why I went to that show in Ripley and wrestled for free because I want to wrestle and I want to get better. So... Uh, anyways, um, I'm really excited about that show for RWE and Salina. And you can actually, uh, if you just search uh, RWE Entertainment on Facebook, you can find it. And we've got flyers. I am uh, in a match for uh, to crown the first ever ex- RWE Extreme Champion. Um, oh. Me against a guy named Justin Pilgrim. He's uh, okay. new in the business. He's had a few matches. Uh, there's a couple other really big matches on that show. They've got uh, Christian Temple against... Uh, Chris Vale, a couple of kids who trained at a training center in Wichita. Um, they both kids have tremendous talent, um, and I'm really excited to see those those guys do big things. Um, then I've got and like that that Salina show is what I'm really going to be focusing like heavily on for the next couple of weeks and like helping because I I just want to help those guys succeed. Like you know they want to run this and they want to do this and they asked me to help and so I came in and you know helped them. You know I'm not by no means a, a wrestling veteran. But, you know, I I can at least show somebody the basics. Be like, all right, this is how you do this. Because you know, sure. there's some things that I'm not good at, but I know how to tell somebody how to do it. I can grab another guy and be like, hey, show him how to do this. This is how you do it. You know, there's going to be things that I'm not the best at. But, um, uh, so, yeah, I've got that coming up. Uh, and then I think I'm I'm actually off the weekend of June 19th. Uh, go spend some time with my son. Well, I'll have that that two weekends in a row, the 13th, 14th, and the weekend after that with my son because that, with everything being Salina and close to Salina that weekend, you know, I'll have all that time around my son. And then the 26th and 27th, I am in Marquette Heights, Illinois, which is like outside of Peoria um, for Midwest Impact Pro. Um, he's doing, they're doing like a big festival, a two-day show. They've got one on Friday, one on that Saturday. Um, and I think I've got some dates in July and August. I just can't remember what they are right now. Um, and then, uh, so real quick, what I wanted to go back earlier, um, the thing about D'Lo Brown, I was watching a shoot interview with D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown it started. It has taken an hour and 15 I know, minutes I know. We to like, tell we, this story. Right, 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 right. <laughs> we, got, we got off track. But uh, anyways, D'Lo Brown, this was just like a year and a half ago. D'Lo Brown was never trained either. D'Lo Brown taught himself how to wrestle in a ring in a backyard. He went and wrestled a tryout match somewhere, and two weeks later, he was working for Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Wow. So I look at it, if if D'Lo Brown can do it, I can do it. Like, if he can go from having no experience and just learning on the A long the fly, time ago, though, man. Right. That was a long but, time ago. But that's, that's how I've, I've been doing it. I've been flying by the seat of my pants. Like I went in knowing how to take a bump and run the ropes, yeah. but I've, I learned as I progress. And you know, there's a lot of people that don't necessarily like me because I didn't pay thousands of dollars to go to wrestling school and get my ass beat for six months like they did. But I've also surrounded enough, myself around enough people that see that I have the want and determination to do this that are like, all right, we're going to help this kid out. And that's how the way it's been. I've been lucky enough to be in the right avenues. To be like, okay, you know, I've met enough people that were willing to help me. I've met the right people, and I've always been in the right place at the right time. And I've 
could guess guess we could say that I've been lucky up to this point to meet the people that I've met that are willing to take me. You know, like I said when we did, uh, I did one weekend with the hooligans. We went Friday night. We went all the way to Detroit. Then we came back and worked Albion, Illinois. Got in the car, drove all the way to Clarksville, Indiana, and then drove all the way back to St. Louis. Like, and I've been doing that uh, a lot this year. We're gonna, that's great, though, man. I've, I've been everywhere. Well, I wish you. I mean, it seems like you're on the right path. You're out as much as you can be, wrestling as much as you can be. I mean, you're just cutting your teeth, and you're on the right track. So as, as much as I can, and like I see, you know, I'm, I'm still not the best, but I'm learning as much as I can and asking as many questions as I can. And that's the only know, way to grow is to be able to admit that I don't know everything. I, so. I don't, I don't like you. I someday we'll sit down and I'll show you. Like sometimes the only matches of myself I like to post on YouTube are the horrible ones, <laughs> because who wants to see the good ones? Because you know, a thing about being a wrestler, watching good wrestling's fun, but watching bad wrestling's even better. Uh, yeah, there's a point in comedy too where you just you, when you're out at the you're at so many mics that you'd rather just watch the train wrecks than the <laughs> yeah. good comedy. You're like, I've seen these jokes from this guy before. Let's watch this guy tank. Yeah, let's watch this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen that. I, I do uh, open mics every now and then. Like I've done a few. It's just you know help with my promo skills and stuff. Sure. And, and I've 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 run into some of that where I'm just like. Oh, this is gonna be awesome because this guy looks terrible. That's awesome. Um, but um, all right, well, we'll get you back, man. We'll come back. Awesome. You're not you're out of town for the next like six weeks or whatever. Like working, so yeah. Gotta go gather up some some fresh stories. Yeah, come back and share. Well, I mean, and I've also got plenty of old stories I know too. You do, you know, man. We'll pile the, on the new stories too. You're 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 a, they're a, they're you're a ball of. You're a ball of entertainment, man. I am. I am. Uh, <laughs> real quick with closing, I'll close with this one real fast. Went to that JCW show not too long ago. There were five of us in the car. Necro Butcher needs a ride home. So we pile me on top of laps in the back seat. So I'm laying across three laps with knees in my spine, and Necro Butcher takes front seat. We stop at a rest stop somewhere in Michigan. Not sure where we're at. Everybody gets out of the car. I get out. I'm stretching. I smoke a cigarette. Necro Butcher and... Uh, American Viking go inside the rest area. I go in and I walk into the rest area to see Necro Butcher and uh, the Viking peeing on each other. Like they're chasing each other around and trying to pee on each other. Alex is running backwards. Necro's running forwards. So I go over to the urinal not thinking anything about it and I start peeing. Next thing I know, they're still peeing at this point. I don't know how they have this much urine in their body to make one lap around the rest area in the bathroom and come back around. They look at me they stop still peeing, peeing. You, still peeing, turn around and start peeing on me. And I'm like infuriated at this point because my shoes and my jeans are getting soaked with piss. But who am I to tell Necro Butcher, no, you cannot piss on me, sir. Man, you, you're, I would, I don't, I think I would have stopped. See, at, I'll see you in six weeks. Right, right. <laughs> and, uh, no, but, uh, 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 so anyways, Alex starts peeing up a little higher, uh, and Necro goes, Necro goes, hey, man, don't pee above his knee. Pee below the man's knee. You never pee above a man's knee. Just pee on his shoes. You <laughs> never pee above a man's knee. You never pee above a man's knee. A man who was in an Academy Award-nominated movie is sitting there peeing on me and telling another guy, hey, don't ever pee another, above another man's knee. There's ethics to be. Uh, there, is, there is. Uh, this is uh, why I love the business. But anyways, I suppose we can stop wasting time here. So what's your Twitter? Uh, my Twitter is at Zombie Jones, and that's Jones with a Z. It's Z O M B I E J O N E Z. 
All right, and uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Please go to iTunes at the Yes Talk and hit subscribe, rate and review, five stars and kind words. Follow us on Twitter at the Yes Talk and find us on Facebook. Uh, uh, for Kenny, I'm Dustin Kaufman. This is the Yes Talk. Uh, thank you.